0: So glorious over us, <laughs> uh, you shall reign glorious. When I've I've been listening to that song all week long, and um, and as I did, I felt like the phrase that kept hitting me for today was that is the critical journey right there. Those those words right there, glorious over us, you reign, you shall reign glorious, and because uh, really what this journey is. <laughs> Because this is it, guys, this is our last, last Sunday on this, It's been a, how long has we going? Six weeks? That as we hit this day today and closing up this whole chapter of this, um, again, our thought was somewhere on this journey we've been talking about you, no matter where you're at, because it's a journey and we're all at different places and we're at different phases, but the one thing that's true is the only way to be on the journey is to have Jesus Christ reigning over us. That's actually how the journey starts. That's how you start the journey. You're you're not even on the journey unless at some point in your life you've had Christ come in and reign over you. At this point where you've said, you know what, it's not my will anymore. I'm done. I'm done calling the shots and I want you to come on the shots. Now, there is a major spiritual journey that takes place up to that point a huge journey. Sometimes it's a really long journey, really, because it's one of the scariest things to do is to actually say, okay, Jesus, you can go ahead and call the shots in my life. That is, I think it's the most petrifying thing a human being goes through. But once you do that, this journey with Christ starts. And all it is, is he just keeps reigning over you. He just keeps getting to be the king of your life and keeps getting to call the shots. And every time He calls the shots, and we submit to it, and we say, okay, God, I'll do it. Every time that happens, it's glorious. And it looks different no matter what stage you're in. And so really, as I go through kind of this last one today, the the question I just want to ask you and and help you to think through today is could you say that he's over you today? Is he over you today? Is he the one who's saying, man, you, you come to him, on a daily basis, on a regular basis, and you say, "Hey, I believe you're God, and I'm not." That's been made pretty clear. Um, you actually call shots a lot better than I do. You do it. You be Lord over my life. Matthew said, or Matthew didn't say this. He wrote it, but Jesus said it in Matthew six thirty-three. Jesus Christ said this: Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you as well. Everything else we worry about in life, everything that we're caring about—our jobs, our families, our relationships, enough stuff, survive, whatever—all that stuff can come. But what you and I need to do is first seek His kingdom. Now, again, what does that mean? It means I want—I'm seeking first Your reign over my life. I, the first thing I seek, more than anything else in this world, and we we started off this whole series by that. It's that point where you get to where everything else is garbage. <laughs> Compared to that, I'm going after you more than anything else. Seek first his reign over you and his rightness. Righteousness, always, it's still that's always kind of a freaky word to me. And I think sometimes we hear righteous and we're like, ugh. But it just means get it right. <laughs> Seek first getting it right with God and getting it right with each other. Seek that above everything else. And then you'll be good to go. It's how the journey started and it's how it continues on. And each step we let him have his way, things get more glorious, you guys. And it never stops. That's what we're going to talk about today. So let me just ask you this. Do you ever dream about what your life could be like? Do you, you ever stop enough in this crazy American culture that we live in and actually just stop and dream about what your life could be? you ever just stop and wonder what could be true of your life? And when I do that, it's so interesting because one of the first things will happen is I'll, I can start to dream about like, personal accomplishments. Anybody ever do that? Kind of dream about, man, what could I do in my workplace? Or what could I do with this? And, and, and So we have personal accomplishments we like to, to, to dream about or advancements. But what about this? Do you ever stop and think what could be true about your life? That maybe you could be a little bit more secure, <laughs> not as insecure as you are. In what you do or the people around your life? You ever dream about what it might be like to be free? A little more free from the patterns of destruction? That have just kind of been ingrained in you and you can't ever seem to, to beat them? You ever dream about living every day with a purpose? You know that, man, I'm living for something that's greater than myself. I have a reason to live. I wake up in the morning and I know this isn't just this. There's something more and I'm actually doing it. You ever dream about just having peace and rest in your soul? <laughs> that the storms of life don't overwhelm you, because they come, right? We're all gonna have them. But actually, when they come, they don't like destroy you. You actually have an endurance to get through them. You have a joy that's not easily stolen. There is this sense of rightness in your relationships and your marriage. Your marriage is working. You, your deal with your kids and, and, and your coworkers and friends. It's just, man, my relationships are, uh, this is good. You ever dream about the day when people's actions against you don't affect you so deeply? (laughs) You ever dream about that? Because people are, we're just going to do that to each other, right? We're going to hurt each other. But when you get hurt, you actually don't get better. You don't become a slave to bitterness. You have this ability to forgive people that you don't have right now. You ever dream about just being deeply satisfied? I'm talking deeply and your soul, where you're free to live for others instead of yourself, and that you know, this is one for, big one for me, and that you know that you're doing what you were created to do. Don't, you don't, don't raise your hands, but do you ever just wonder if life could be like that? I had a couple questions. The first one that hit me is I just thought, when I started thinking about this, and this whole closing up, this, I just thought, you know, what, is, what does God want from you? What does he want from you? And then right on the heels of that, I was so glad, I changed the question. I think it's the wrong question. The real question is, do you ever stop and think, what does God want for you? Totally different. What does he want from you? That's a good question, actually. It's one to ask. But I think the greater question is, have you ever stopped and wondered what God wants for you And then I just sat there and I just thought, man, obviously, and this is just so true, obviously, most of us believe that what he wants for us is not as good as what we presently have. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Think about your own life situation right now. Why is it that we just don't go, man, God, I want everything you have for me. I give up everything. For some reason... When you think about that with God, you go, oh, I do. Come on, anybody else with me? All right, half of us. You know, the rest of you should be given this message. Um, because it's weird. The human condition is weird. I, in fact, I, just in my own personal life right now, I feel like you know the great definition of insanity, right? You want something different, but you keep doing the same thing. I just, I go, oh, that is so me in some areas of my life. And I sit there and I think, okay. I believe God wants things for me. And yet, I don't always, I'm not always willing to surrender. Because somehow I think that what He has for me will not be as good as what I've got. Yeah, thank you for laughing, because that is just hilarious. If you stop and think about it, that is the biggest joke in the world, and yet there's not a soul in this room who doesn't suffer from believing that that's true. Hey, you want to know what the battle is for your soul? You want to know what the battle is? I told you early this year, the work of God is what is to believe. The hardest thing in the world is to believe that what God has for me is actually the best for me, but instead I'd like to just kind of keep going through what I'm doing because it's painful and stressful and, and I keep messing people up. It's awesome, and I'm going to just stick with that one. What is it that we think about God that causes us to hold on to the lives that we presently have and not let him reign over us? I don't know what yours is, but I know you got one. I know you have something right now that you think about God. That's not true. At least at least it's it's, it's not in line with what the Bible says. Because the Bible says that God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. Perfect meaning complete and full. The Bible tells us that God can't do anything but love you. Can't. God can't do anything except what's right. Now, obviously after last week, a lot of what is right and good doesn't feel like it. Maybe that's why we don't go with him, but I want to take thirty seconds. You need to just sit just for a second. Would you just close your eyes? I'm gonna give you your just pray. I want you to. I'm not praying for you because I don't know your issue. I'm gonna pray for me. (laughs) But would you just take thirty seconds? Just close your eyes before I jump into the rest of this message and say, "What is it about you, God?" Would you just tell him what you believe about him? Maybe if you even know what it is, you might not even know what it is. Maybe you could ask him to reveal it to you today. Just take thirty seconds. Have your own time with Jesus. And just deal with whatever it is that makes you think that what you have is presently, what you presently have is better than what he has for you. So go ahead and just do that. Well, God, as I sit here in my own heart, I think I realize that really just the issue is I think I have a defini- different definition of what good is than you do. And there's so much of my person who just wants to feel good all the time, who wants to live for pleasure and comfort and ease. You know, I can, I, I wanna, I, I can say I want to live the adventure with God, but the honest truth is I don't. And uh, I'd rather spend my time making myself feel good. And then that totally doesn't work either, so that I'm buying the lie. And Lord, I pray for whatever lie people are buying here today. Father, would you just come and reveal that and help us to see that what you have is so much greater than we could ever imagine. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, so today's message is called Reflecting. We've done Captivated, we've done Grounded. We've done valuable, and then after valuable, we hit this kind of more introspective stuff of being unsettled. And last week we hit buried, and then this last one is reflecting. And the verse I want to teach from today is Second Corinthians chapter three, um, starting with verse seventeen. And it says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever any and wherever where the spirit excuse me now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is." There's freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is one of my all-time favorite verses in, in Scripture. It's amazing to me. Let me just real quick, I want to read another version. It's from the New American Standard Bible which is actually uh, the, the version of, in the English language that tries to be as close as it can to the Greek. Um, and this is what it says. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So, um, it's, it's just a great word picture. How's that, Dave? Is that good? Anybody else want to be blinded by the glory of the Lord? go. <laughs> that was bad. All right. But it's just a great image. In other words, right? What happens? What happened to me this morning? You know, <laughs> it's so funny, uh, I think Adventure Canyon's doing some really cool stuff right now. How many of your kids wore sports jerseys to Adventure Canyon today? Oh, wow, you totally missed it. Today is sports jersey day. Uh, is next week, bad hair day? Okay. Next week in Adventure Canyon, your kids are, kids are supposed to actually go to, to church with their hair all messy. I don't know why, uh, but uh, I trust Dave Elsa. so... Um, But it was so funny, like for me this morning, right? You you guys, my wife's already laughing because my hair in the morning is quite the sight, you know. Actually, I did that to you. Remember that one time? I actually came to you how I normally look. That was pretty scary. But it's so interesting. When you wake up and you look in the mirror, it's like you see you. (laughs) And you see, oh, just, you know, whatever, especially in the morning. It's really fun. And then if you actually... Sit and look long enough. If, I don't know if you've ever done this. Get past the, the, the physical stuff. and like Look in your eyes. <laughs> and then you actually kind of like see you. Well, that's not a very fun thing to do. Because there's this part of me that, you, that I know that nobody else knows. Nobody. Not my wife, who knows most. Nobody. Nobody has the dreams I have. Nobody feels the things I feel. Nobody thinks the thoughts that I think. Nobody. And sometimes it's hard because you look in this mirror and you behold anything but the glory of the Lord, you know, even though you were created in his image. And he likes what he did. But what this scripture is saying to us, you guys, is this. Is that when the Spirit of God comes in you, when the critical journey starts... And you say, okay, I surrender, go ahead, be over me. Then the Bible says that really funky thing, you get born again, and we all think that means you got to be weird. And what it really means is that the God of the universe through His Holy Spirit comes inside you. You're now born of His Spirit. There's not one day you live by yourself anymore. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. And all of us who've had the veil taken away, which means there's this veil that separates you and God. Every person is separated between between you and God. Every person. But when you receive the forgiveness that he offers through Christ, the veil is torn away. And all of us who now have unveiled faces, who now have the Spirit of God in us, what's happening to us? We are being transformed. Yeah, whoever did that, good job. We are being transformed into his likeness. So that we actually reflect His image. And that's why I love that New American Standard. So that with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. (laughs) Wow! That, In other words, as we start to look at each other and look even at ourselves, you guys should see something in me. I should actually see something in me of the glory of God. I should be being transformed into His image, which is unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, I just told Susie, I'm like, how do I give this message with how I was two days ago? Anybody else feel like that? You know, you, at least you don't have to get up here and preach about it, you know? <laughs> just take a camera and watch me on Saturday or Friday, whatever day that was. But, but there's part of us that just, and Susie too, is just saying, where's this incomparably great power, right, that the Bible talks about? Well, here's the deal, you guys. Let me just teach you this a little bit. We are being transformed and just, just yeah, uh, actually go back now, Shannon, to the NIV. Uh, the New International Version. We are being transformed first into His likeness. Into His likeness. The glory of the Lord. That's what it is to be a Christ follower. He's now with you and everything changes. And I was just thinking of like like, like TV shows. You guys know the TV shows and, and stuff where they do this transformation, right, of people and they come out and all their friends are like, oh my God, you know, because they can't believe what they did to him. Okay, I don't really watch those. I just... <laughs> Heard about them. So, in fact, this is no lie, though. I don't know if you guys, I was flipping through. Seriously, I hit my, my guide on the TV, like, last night, and there's one that's called How to, like, Look Good Naked or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay, what? Great. Um, so, but that kind of idea that you can get made over to the point where when people see you, they go, oh, totally different. That's what God wants for you and for me. That's what the critical journey is all about. It's not just to get to heaven, and it is a big part of it, because that's good, that's forever, that'd be nice to know, and it's a good thing to know, but they also have a living hope through the Holy Spirit living inside me, that he's going to transfer me into the likeness of Christ. Now here's the second thing, it's really important to understand about this verse, is it says we are being, I think we need verse 17 up there, is that right? No, there it is, that's right, no, I'm sorry, bed, my bad, verse 18, for we are being transformed, that means two things, number one, we're not there yet. Okay? And that's why Susie can say, where's the incomparably great power? And that's why I can look at myself on Friday and just go, I'm not Jesus. And, um, <laughs> but I'm on a journey to become more and more like him. We are. And that's it. With an ever-increasing glory. With, to glory to glory. That means Ever-increasing means I'm never going to be there yet. That's why Paul, who would be better than any of us in this room, could say, I haven't achieved this yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on to take hold of that for what Christ Jesus took hold of me. You guys, what did, he, what did Jesus Christ take hold of you for? So that you could share in his holiness. So that you could be free. So we could be different. Man, this whole journey, being grounded or being valuable or being captivated or introspected or definitely being buried, the whole reason we go through these processes is because at each step, if you let him reign over you, one little step by one little step, you become a little bit more like him. And that's going to keep happening, ever increasing, until the day you finally go see him. Now, but here's the one that just hit me so, so great. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory And which what? It comes from the Lord. This was the one like two or three days ago, I was like, oh, thank you. See, the glory of Dave Why are you laughing? The glory of Dave is just pitiful. And if I've got to muster up holiness, I'm done. Oh, you guys, you want to you know why I love to tell the story of, you know why I love what I do and why I love the Christian faith? It is the one faith that says you can't do it. You can't do it. Are you kidding me? What kind of good news is it that you better be good enough? Better not pout. You better not cry. You better not shout. I'm telling you why. Because God is watching you, and if you don't quite make it, sorry. Are you kidding me? Where's the glory come from? It comes from the Lord. You don't have it. It's the greatest thing to know. You don't have it. But if you receive the Spirit, now you've got what gives it to us. It comes from the Lord. There's a couple of great passages in here that say we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. See, he does the work. God works in you, another passage says. God works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And I'm so grateful for that, you guys. Everything about last week of being suffered and going through hard times. Why does he prune you? So you'll be more fruitful. Why does he test you in your faith? Because the testing of, the, of your faith develops perseverance. And if you go through this, you actually become complete and mature, not lacking anything. Why does your heavenly Father discipline you so that you'll share in his holiness? See, everything that he does is so you eventually come a little bit more like him. And then this last thing right here, it comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now if you could go back to verse 17 just real quick. And in verse 17 it says, "The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom." So what does that mean that you're free to do whatever you want to do? See, that's what, what wouldn't that be freedom? See, but here's the problem. Every time I do what I want to do, you know, that's great for marriage. Hey, I got the both of you do what you both want to do. Won't that be great? No, it'll be horrible. It'll be total chaos. Let the culture just do whatever you want to do. Let's all do it, all billions of us. Let's all do what we want to do, because I'm free. Great, great. Yeah, the only problem is what you want to do is totally against what I want to do, and so we have wars and conflicts and all that kind of problem. No. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You know what there's freedom? There's freedom to finally say yes to God. You finally are free from yourself. That's the freedom. Your freedom to say yes to God, to let God reign, to receive. You're free to surrender. You're free from this person that says, Hey, Dave, just do whatever's best for you. Who cares about your kids or your wife? Who cares about your coworkers? Who cares? See, That's freedom? No, it's not. When it says the Spirit of the Lord, there's freedom, it means you're finally free to say yes to God. And in a nutshell, you guys, it's just the glory of Christ. It's what Christ was, and it's what he is. I was reading just this week. I started reading in 2 Thessalonians. And to me, if I could put the nutshell of this glory that comes on us when he reigns over us and it's glorious... That means we're being transformed into the image of Christ. That means we actually look like Him. Well, what does Jesus look like? Put, throw it and throw up a uh, Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse three. And it says this we ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and your and the love and and love that every one of you has for each other is increasing. You know, if you've been hanging out with us since the beginning of 08, you, you know that one of the things that we're just trying to figure out here at K2 right now is why do we do anything that we do? I mean, the whole staff, we're really working hard to figure out why do we do anything that we, need, that we do here? And when I read this verse, I just thought, here's, here's the benchmark from now on for us. If what we do doesn't make your faith increase, then we're going to stop doing it. And if what we do doesn't help you love each other better, then we're going to stop doing it. Because the only thing that matters is that your faith, that your belief in God is growing and that your love for each other is increasing, right? See, it's not that difficult to understand. We could make it very complicated. I could do all my seminary stuff for you and confuse you greatly. Or I could tell you what Jesus said. Oh, you want to know what really matters? Oh, oh, okay. This is hard. Love God and love each other. All right, good. Let's go. that's what he says. Everything else is summed up in this right here. Love God with everything you've got. In other words, your faith should increase to the point where you actually trust him, where you actually will do what he says. That's what faith is. I believe you, therefore I do what you ask me to do. In fact, Jesus said, this is how you love me, you obey what I command. Well, it's not like, okay, i got to obey my command to make Jesus love me. No. No, if you love him, you put your faith in him, and then you just do what he says. Right? That's what it is. So you love God with everything you got, your faith increases, and you love each other. And if you do those two things, you look like Jesus. And, and that's what it is, you guys, the greatest thing. In this stage, you guys, this whole idea of being starting to reflect God can do one of two things. When you talk about it, when you read the scriptures and you see what you should look like, you can just go, oh, I stink, would be a I'd like to say other words, but I'll just I stink, right? And you go and you walk around, you lash yourself, and you're I can't believe Jesus loves me, a kid. How can I be a I mean you just you just beat yourself up? Or you go, I'm being transformed. This is what I could be. See for me when I read 2 Corinthians 3, it's actually a verse of hope. Now, the reason it's a verse of hope, you guys, is because I actually believe the gospel. I really do. Okay? Let me just really quickly just go through a couple things of what this stage could look like to actually reflect God and why I think it's hopeful for us. Okay? The first one is this. The way that your faith increases is that you actually believe that God accepts you for who you are. (laughs) You look in front of this mirror, You get past the physical stuff, you get to what you did this weekend, you get to your junk, and like for me, on Friday, you guys, I'm just, I was, I'm I'm supposed to speak on Sunday about reflecting Jesus, you know, how do I do that? You know what I did? First thing I had to do is, wait, 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 what am I going, what am I teaching? Am I teaching about, hey, look at me and look how much I look like Jesus, Oh God! If I ever, if you guys ever do that, if you ever find a... just flee! Please leave! Run, get up now and run! Because if we, if you're looking at a person, if you're looking at the person, any person, to be the perfect image of Christ, you're you're in trouble. This isn't about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And so the first thing I had to do on Friday was just go is to re, again receive His forgiveness receive and believe that that he totally forgives me that he actually loves me in my humanness now he doesn't love what i do right but like my kids my goodness they drive me nuts and i love them to death can you guys relate to that okay please re- yeah. okay please remember that as frustrated as angry as whatever that you can get with your kid Does that mean you're throwing them out on the street? You wouldn't think of it. You'd love them to death. And that's what you need to know. When you go through all these other phases, you get buried, and you think God doesn't love you, he doesn't care about you, and everything's going wrong, Oh, and it is, it's, oh. And then all of a sudden you come out and you start reflecting him. One of the greatest things about reflecting Christ in maturity is you actually start to believe that he loves you. Period. Period. I'm telling you, man, when I was early in my faith, totally committed to Christ, totally had me. This I couldn't do this. See, this is why we go on the journey. Because, <laughs> man, when I did things wrong, I'm like, oh, I should be like months ago by. You know, I just don't know if I can do it. I remember there were times, too, when I would just sit there, I actually prayed and said, oh, God. I would go down the altar, even, and say, God, please, could you just take away my memories? <laughs> I, like I've shared here, I sinned really good. And when you have all those memories in your head, You just want to go, would you just get rid of them because I can't keep going (laughs) because I feel so bad. Anybody else? Don't raise your hand. Anybody else that are feeling that? Here's what's wild. Can I tell you what? I remember actually a guy came to me, and I literally said, would you pray for me? Could he take away my memories? This great old wise guy said, no. (laughs) 20 years later, walking with Jesus. I am so glad he didn't take away my memories. And you know what's weird right now? I would gladly share any one of them, any one of them. Oh, boy. Any one of them <laughs> with you. I've wanted to share them in here, but some, there's, sometimes there's kids in here. Seriously, I mean, people say you can't do that. All right, I won't. Someday we're going to have a men's night, and we're going to have a good time. you <laughs> are going to have to be 18 to get in, and I'm just going to lay it out. Because I don't care anymore. You know why? Because it's not about me. It's about what Jesus Christ did for me. And all that I did was in his body when he was on the tree. Can you celebrate that? Can you celebrate that? Yes, you better. And that's what happens when you start reflecting Christ. You start, it's not about you being super holy, dude, anymore. It's about you believing in the blood of Christ and that you're completely forgiven and that you're free to go. And it's awesome. You know what you can finally do? You can finally laugh at yourself. You know, new Christians have a hard time laughing at their sin. Now, I don't laugh at my sin because I know, it, I know it hurts my wife. I know it hurts my kids. It hurts me, and it disgraces God. So I said that wrong. Okay. Can we just put that back and not let anybody else hear that? Because <laughs> you never laugh at your sin. It's destructive always. Always. That's why God's changing us into his image, so that we're less destructive. Isn't that good news? So that's good news. You don't accept Christ, continue to be a jerk your whole life, and then get to heaven. No, you receive Christ, and then moment by glory by glory, he changes you into his image. But I can tell you this. One of the things I have learned to do is laugh at myself, though. Because you know what the Bible says I am? I'm a jar of clay. That's what it says. And and God likes to put his glory in jars of clay so that everybody knows, well, that's definitely not Dave. (laughs) Because if anything good thing comes out of me, it's because of God's glory, not because of me. I tell you guys, you got to start believing this stuff. It starts setting you free. The wholeness looks a whole lot more like weakness, actually, when you're in this stage. (laughs) Because you finally realize, I'm weak. I'm not great. But he is. And you rest in that. You know, another thing that helps you to reflect, God, uh, as you you go through the hard times, all the stages, and you come out on the other end, one of the other things is you have a deeper uh, calmness and a deeper stability and peace when the storms come. Now, I still have storms that will knock me right out of the boat. <laughs> but I can tell you, but there's, there's something he does. Thoughts of God come, and, and, and when you go through these hard times, it's, it's like you finally realize he's with me. And you learn that. And there are some people I look at and I just go, man, I can't wait to be more like that, more at peace, more calm. Because you, just, you learn how to go through the storms. The first time you go through them, oh, my goodness, it's really hard, really ugly, it's really scary. But as you keep going through, it's a maturity that he does where he brings you more like him. The other thing that happens is you get, and then just a couple things, and then we'll kind of close up here. But a couple other things that happen is those, those phases, the last two weeks that we just talked about, when you start having doubts about God, all of a sudden your faith, because how did it work? Okay, The first thing that happens is you're captivated. Oh, God's amazing. And then you get grounded, right? You start studying, And then you start giving your life away. You start feeling, wow, i got something to offer here. And and your faith becomes horizontal. But as soon as you start doubting God, you know what happens? That horizon goes, and you get right back into here again. Who are you? And then when you get buried, you don't give a rib about anybody else. You're just trying to survive with God. It's very vertical. But as soon as you come out of being buried, you know what happens? This thing goes... And you come out and you realize that everything that God was doing in me was for his purposes outside of me. You know what happens when you start to reflect Jesus? Did Jesus ever live for himself? Ever? No, because he's God. Never lived for himself. When you actually start to reflect Christ, you really know, it's not about me. It's not about me. And you actually start to care about the people around you. It's weird. When, they, when you get to this phase, you guys, you have to look at your work differently. You just will. You will look at your work differently. And either you're, you will alter the way that you are at your workplace, or sometimes people change their vocation. Because it so transforms them inside that they don't want to live for themselves anymore. And, and that's just part of what happens. And, but the, the other thing that happens, you guys, and this is the greatest thing, is that all of a sudden, this whole love thing, is different. And this is, I'll be honest with you, this is where I realize, oh my gosh, I am so much, I got so far to go. <laughs> I'm glad that's ever increasing because if my level of love stopped right now, it would that would be very pitiful. But every time God takes you through these phases that we've gone through, every time he prunes you and buries you and lets you doubt him, when you come out, you start to look a little bit more like Jesus. Just a, another step or two. I'm telling you this: what will happen is you will start to love people differently, because Jesus just does. So if your love is conditional, I'll love you if. see, that's not God's love. So if you're a conditional lover in your wife, to your spouse, to your kids, probably there's going to be some stages of the journey He's going to go through to help you get to the point where your love isn't conditional. If your love shows favoritism, I'll love this group of people, but I won't love this group of people. I'll love you kind of if you're like, you know, know, we show favor to some, but not to others. See, that's not God. Is there any person he loves more than another? No. So if you have favoritism, he's probably going to take you through the stages, ground you a little bit in what's really true, all this kind of stuff, help you suffer a little bit about what it's like to live like that, and then he's going to pull you out on the other side, and without even knowing it, all of a sudden it comes from God, right? You're going to go, whoa, wow, I actually feel maybe different towards people, He wants you to love me. And he wants me to love you. And right now, my love like Jesus is okay, you know. Sometimes, sometimes it's better than others. So I know I'm going to continue to be on the journey. Because he wants me to share in his holiness. And you guys know it, man. When you don't love somebody, who's the real prisoner? You are. Every time you run into him, you go, you know. You know, you're bitter, you're angry, you're stressed out. But when you're free to love, everything changes. So what do we do? How do we go through this critical journey with Jesus Christ? And there's one thing you got to do. You have to let him reign over you. I sit sitting there even this morning again just going, how do I communicate this? I don't know. I don't even know if I can. It's so frustrating to me. But I think many of us, again, sit here right now and we go, you know what? I, You know, I don't know, you know where in your heart you're saying no to God. You know in your heart where you are not surrendering to him, where you won't let him call the shots, you still want to call the shots. And I guess the best thing for me to say is what do you do to reflect Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I always do whatever the Father asks me to do. My faith increased. And maybe today, the one thing you guys that we need to do today is in the area of life where you feel like God might be calling you to surrender, you have to surrender. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Where you're fighting him and where you have not been able to let go, where you still control your life, you need to let go and let him control your life. And that's the one thing that you need to do. Now, listen to these words to this song that we're going to close with. Because I think this is one way you do it. In this song, it's going to say, Take my heart... Make it new, make it true, make it like you, (laughs) okay? And I think for some of you, that's going to need to be your prayer today. You're just going to need to say, you know what, Jesus, take my heart, take it, take it. I'm surrendering totally to you. Take my heart, make it new, make it true, and make it like you. Because if you're going to try to make yourself like God, good luck. You're going to get very frustrated, but if you could surrender your life today to him and give him your heart he'll do it he'll just do it there's another line in the verse in the song that says take my hands I lift them high they're yours not mine to do your will now some of you grew up in a church situation as soon as the music starts you're like yeah. you know I, you just you know you don't, you don't even you don't even care you know it's just this is what song song hands are up some of you are Methodists like me, and you're just, man, my hands ain't going up no matter what, you know. Um, can, I say, I'm gonna, can I ask you to do something really screwy with me right now? Oh, you're going, he, is he really going to do this? I am. Would you just, you know, this, not, this doesn't have anything to do with how you feel or nothing. Would you just go like this just for me just real quick? Okay. Oh, good. That looks like a roller coaster to me. Woo! Yeah! All right, let's go. All right, put your hands down. All right. All um, right. If someone sticks a gun behind your back and says surrender, what are you going to do? Mm-mm. No, you're, you know, um, God will never, ever, ever, ever stick a spiritual gun in your back. Ever, ever, He will get right in front of your face. and your head will be bowed because you can't look at him (laughs) and then the Bible says he's the lifter of your head and he will lift your head and he will look you straight in the eyes and when you see him you're gonna realize this supreme being loves me more than I ever thought was possible and then he's gonna say "You want to go for a ride And then you go like this. I'm going to ask you to do something really weird while we do this last song. Would you just stand with me so we can sing this together? If you feel today that you're supposed to surrender to God, at any moment in this song, you can turn the lights down too I would do this. At any moment in this song, I just want to encourage you to just go. Whoosh. It can be that quick if you want I grew up in the Methodist church where if you were going to surrender your life you had to get up and come down all the way down the altar and let everybody watch you You know, and they'd always say "Now everybody close their eyes and everybody would be like <laughs> um, but you know what <clears throat> when Jesus finally met me and looked me in the eyes and I knew that really what he was saying is will you let me love you and transform you into my likeness and set you free to be who you were created to be would you let me do that I didn't care who saw me and whether you're a follower of Christ or not today, if there's anything in your life, and don't do it, because I know this is good, because you're not going to do this just because we're doing it. But I want to tell you, in your will, if it's time to surrender to God over whatever he's talking to you about, and today, in your will, you know you would do that when we sing this song. If it's right, just, whew, boom, whatever. Or you may do it the whole song. Do whatever you need to do. It's between you and God. We are going to take our offering during the song because the offering is the offering of our life to God. Finances are just a piece of that. So if you're ready to do that today, if you're visiting, don't worry about it. But if you're ready to do that today, this Brad leads us through the song. Are you ready now? Are you ready now to go on the journey? To keep going and to experience everything he has for you. Are you ready now? And if you're ready now, tell him just by going like this at some point during the song. And let's worship him